Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast presented by Fantasy Holics. As always, coming at you, Bo and Brant. We're going to hit on some projections today. We're going to talk about a trade candidate. I'm going to hit a trade away. I believe you have a trade for candidate. Um, and then we're going to hit on some projections to get you ready for your week eight in fantasy. And we're going to wrap it up with our favorite thing to do is talk about some of our college players, talking running backs today. And then we're going to wrap it all or put it all together with the uh, Thursday night preview. Um, so I'm. Yeah. That we are. This is this is starting to become one of my my or become my favorite thing of the week. You know, um, waiver claims are cool. They're fun, but they're definitely not nearly as sexy as a trade. We all know that trading's half the reason a lot of us get into fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is definitely becoming one of my favorite episodes, second to uh, the live show where we get to be with everybody uh, on Sunday mornings. So this yes. is definitely something that I enjoy. Yes, absolutely. Well, without with you know, I'm going to jump straight into it. Um, my trade away is Debo Samuel with the addition of, uh, well, right now he's wide receiver 12 in PPR, but with the addition of CMC, he's going to lose out on some of that backfield gadgety plays. Um, this past week playing Kansas City, um, he only saw seven targets, and that's with a limited um, limited role from CMC. Um, and, and, I mean, not to mention that Jimmy G averages – Roughly 25 to 27 pass attempts per game. Um, over the last, you know, two games, he had to throw a lot. They trailed for a long, you know, the entire game to your your Falcons two weeks ago, and then they were in a shootout with um, the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jimmy G's just not going to be throwing the ball as much. He's going to ha- – he has one of the best, if not the best, check down uh, running back in the NFL – uh, Brandon Ayuk is starting to get uh, work. George Kittle starting to come back on. And I just don't see how Debo is going to maintain those wide receiver one numbers. Um, like I said, he's number 12 right now. He's right there on the tippy on that little edge. He's about to be pushed off the cliff and fall into the you know wide receiver two realm. And really where he's sitting at right now, I think you still could name value and his rank as, as a top 12, I still think that you could possibly put him with maybe a small running back to maybe a guy that um, just lost Brees Hall or maybe is, you know, missing Elliott possibly this week. You could probably package Debo in a, in a low-tier running back, um, a startable one, or, you know, even a handcuff to another guy. Maybe you have Alexander Madison or Tony Pollard. I don't think I'm getting rid of Pollard. But we'll say maybe you have Madison or you have James Robinson. And maybe you want to package those, you know, that and Debo. I still think you can get a, you can get a better value high na- or a, a better value wide out to fill that void. Um, I, I know I like, um, let's see, you could probably go out. You could probably get DK, especially with DK being banged up. Um, we do know DK is the number one wideout in Seattle when he comes back. It sounds like he might play this week. I'm almost hoping he doesn't as a Seahawks fan just because I want him to be rested. Um, but, yeah, I think you can go out and I think you can get a, a guy that you know is going to get plenty of targets and plenty of work still out there. Yeah, so I, I definitely agree, Brent, with the, the take on trading uh, Debo Samuel after the Niners acquired CMC just because of uh, with Debo not getting that backfield work and, and not being able to scheme him coming out of the backfield. I think he's going to lose some of his fantasy value. And this is still a guy that could, 
could could make or break your fantasy week on one play. You know, he catches one and gets loose, um, which we all know he's got that yak ability. He catches one and gets loose for a 75-yard touchdown. Uh, it really doesn't much matter what CMC does after that point. But with that being said, if I'm trading Debo Samuel, I think – I'm shipping him to try to upgrade my running back. I think I'm going to look someplace uh, at a guy that doesn't have a top-end wideout and try to ship him for a, a top-end running back. You know, maybe somebody's down on Jonathan Taylor right now just because of how the season's gone, and you could flip, you know, Debo Samuel straight up for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Or my favorite one, I think, right now would be to ship Debo Samuel to the guy who's been missing out points every week from DeAndre Swift. Um, I think DeAndre Swift's a guy you could get, acquire. You could probably almost send Debo, Debo Samuel to DeAndre Swift and get like a wide receiver three back in return, like maybe an Adam Thielen or something with Debo Samuel going in the opposite direction because DeAndre Swift's just not been playing. Um, So I think it's definitely uh, something to keep your eye on and something to look at there if you're you're looking to move Debo. Now, I did um, a trade for candidate, and this guy – I think he piques my interest a little bit more um, because of the trade, the trades that are happening in the NFL right now. And I think this guy is a very strong trade candidate. Brandon, I remember if you if you think back to our very very first initial um, offseason episode about talking about shocking things that you thought were going to happen this year, your hot our hot takes episode, if you will. Um, you you mentioned this guy's name, and that's uh, that's Kareem Hunt there out of, out of Cleveland. Um, and, and, and there's two reasons why I want to trade for Kareem Hunt right now. The first reason is, in best case scenario, he gets sent someplace like, like you know, to my Atlanta Falcons or the Los Angeles Rams, where he's going to instantly walk in the door and be the alpha dog. If Kareem Hunt goes someplace where he doesn't have a, a Nick Chubb in front of him, this is a guy that's already led the National Football League in his career in rushing yards, so he's more than capable. Um, yeah, he's getting up there in age, but in redraft, I don't really care. And in, in dynasty, I think I can get him cheap enough that I don't care there either. Um, but let's let's talk about worst case scenario. Okay, so worst case scenario, he doesn't get he doesn't get traded. Well, right now he's the he's the bottom guy in, in the RB two category. He's the twenty fourth overall running back in PPR formats right now. Um, so we all know Nick Chubb misses a game or two as the season progresses anyway. So you know you're you're telling me I'm getting the, a running back two in, in Kareem Hunt at worst case scenario, and uh, we're we're in we're we're through week seven. We're going into week eight here, Brant, where uh, Cleveland's. You know, three weeks removed away from getting somebody that I'm pretty sure they're looking awful forward to having uh, in Deshaun Watson. They didn't pay him all that absurd amount of money <laughs> and spend all of them draft picks because he was he was a bad quarterback. Okay, that guy's going to elevate the offense when he walks in the door. Um, you know, not, nothing against Jacoby Brissett; he's been he's been just fine. But Deshaun Watson's going to take that offense to a whole other level. And you're you're telling me uh, that I could potentially get one of the best catching backs in football to pair along with Deshaun Watson. And, and I'm really thinking even though Kareem Hunt's, you know, our running back 24, unless he's with the Chubb owner, he's probably available, I would be willing to bet. bet and I bet you could get him for a guy like, you know, you you mentioned um, – you know, like somebody like DK Metcalf, who yes, DK has been playing good, but he's banged up. Maybe I don't want to take the injury concerns. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm a three and three or three and four team or a four and three team, and I need somebody I know I'm going to be able to play in my flex. Maybe I, I make that DK Metcalf for uh, Kareem Hunt trade, and then if again, if Kareem Hunt ends up someplace where he's the lead dog, you hit the you hit the you hit the the, uh, the mega jackpot there. And if he doesn't get traded, and Deshaun Watson comes back, and and you know he's catching passes out of the backfield from Deshaun Watson, you're still hitting like a mini jackpot at that point so this is definitely a guy i'm looking to acquire um looking to get my hands on anywhere i can at this point and i think um cream hunt owners after uh 
even after the trade deadline, whether he moves or not, are going to be very, very happy after week 11. So that's my trade four guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's a guy like you You already said that it, we've already seen him do it. We've already seen him be the lead dog in the backfield. Um, he takes over with no problem stepping in when Nick Chubb does leave uh, or de- misses time. But, yeah, Kareem Hunt's definitely a guy in, the, in that rumor in that rumor mill of being traded. And, um, yeah, like you said, if, if he goes somewhere, that's definitely a jackpot. Um, but, yeah, selling somebody that, that, you know, if you went running back heavy and, and you know, or you went wide receiver heavy, heavy and that's easily to be able to trade, you know, a, a flex wide receiver for him. And, like you said, he's sitting there as an RB2 uh, right now, and that's, you know, with Jacoby Brissett and, you know, Nick Chubb getting all that work. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt's definitely a guy I'd be going after. Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's get into these projections a little bit. Uh, um, as you guys saw last, or heard last week, we're going to do uh, a couple of names, uh, go over, under on their projections on what we think and, and why, and, you know, play, play a little game with it. Um, so... I'm going to start right there with the quarterback. I got uh, Trevor Lawrence out of Jacksonville. Um, He's going against one of the toughest defenses in Denver against quarterbacks and fantasy points. They only give up around 10 fantasy points on average per game to quarterbacks uh, throughout this year. Not to mention he's going to London. He's got to travel. Not 830 or 9.30 start time, our time. So, I mean, you're talking – it's an it's an early morning game for him. Might be late over there, but it's going to be an early game. I'm taking his under his 18, 18.75 projection and a half point PPR. I just don't think he gets there. I think Denver really, you know, hassles him with the ball. And I just don't see how he gets to 18.7. He's only gone he's gone under 18.7 points five out of seven games already this year. So it's not a normal number for him. I'm going over and. For a lot of the same reasons you just mentioned that he should go under. Denver's got to travel too, uh, and that's not not easy on a defense either. Um, and listen, I'm not saying they're they're a superstar cast, but uh, Trevor Lawrence does have uh, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., Travis Etienne. I, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. I think the the rest of the season you're you're really going to see some good numbers out of Trevor. I think Trevor Lawrence goes over it this week. Um, it may come in the way of a lot of uh, short passes and keeping the ball away from Patrick Zertan and letting these uh, letting these skills position players take off with the ball in their hands. I, I just think he finds a way to get it done. You know, he's he's all, also mobile. You get him down around the goal line. It's not shocking to see him him sneak one in. Uh, I think I think he gets it done this week. Um, okay. And just and just simply because it's London, you never know what's going to happen. So um, I'm going to stick at stick at the quarterback position here, and I got one for you. And this one. Um, this one's very cringeworthy, okay, um, because it's a big name and it's a low projection. Um, but you've got Aaron Rodgers traveling to play the, the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, projected at 17.9 points, so less than Trevor Lawrence in London. What do you make of that? Aaron Rodgers in Buffalo, he's going under. I think Buffalo is going to put pressure and cause a lot of turnovers from Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have a supporting cast, and it doesn't really sound like with his interviews on the Pat McAfee show and what he's saying, I don't know how his teammates even have confidence or trust him really anymore. He's saying any guy that makes a mistake needs to be out, and we need to let these younger guys give get a chance, and I just don't know I don't know what is going on with that offense, and I don't trust it at all. I'm saying under. 
I think Aaron Rodgers also goes over his projection this week, and I think that's because the Buffalo Bills get out to a pretty sizable lead at some point in this game. The Bills, the Bills are one of those teams that they can have three three offensive plays uh, and score three touchdowns. So um, this is a this is one of those games that could get away real quick from the Packers. And if Aaron Rodgers is having to throw the ball a lot, as long as he's completing more of them to his own guys than he is to Buffalo, uh, he's going to have a real good chance to hit 17. It's just real low for the, the back-to-back MVP. I know he's been awful this year, and I get all that. Uh, and if this was at maybe even 19 points, I might shy away from it a little bit. But 17, I think he can get over. Um, I, I, I think you're going to see him toss a touchdown or two this week. He's probably going to have a pick to go along with it. But he does still have some – I mean, it, it, the weapons aren't, you know, what they were in the past. But, you know, Aaron Jones is always going to be a threat. Robert Tanyan's, you know, turning into one just like you and I kind of predicted at the beginning of the season. Um, so this is this is something I think – again, I'm not going to go over on all of these, but uh, so far I'm liking them. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go to one that you and me talked about earlier uh, today, um, and that's the running back position um, and Derrick Henry in Tennessee. He's at 17.18 points against Houston, and I expect him to smash that number. The last three games, he's averaged over 30 fantasy points against um, Houston, and in two of those three games, he did not have a reception. Well, what have we seen Derrick Henry get involved with more this year? Receiving. This is half-point PPR. You're probably giving the man a point and a half just for that, not to mention his carries have gone up every single week. I believe it was 30 carries he saw last week. Um, yeah, I expect him to smash this, uh, possibly two touchdowns and well over 100 and some yards. Yeah, you know, with Ryan Tannehill being banged up, I definitely think they're going to lean on the run. Whether Tannehill plays or not, I think you'll see Derrick Henry getting 25-plus carries this week. So Derrick Henry is an easy smash for me this week. If if, uh, if it stays that low, I'd be shocked. I think that may be one you see take a little step forward come Sunday. But I love I love him at 17. Um, my, my running back, this one might be a little bit closer to your heart here, so we'll see. Uh, I've got Saquon Barkley at 18.48.5 point PPR against your Seattle Seahawks. Over. We can't stop a receiving running back. Saquon Barkley's going to have a field day with us. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think, I'm taking I, well over. I, I agree. I think Saquon goes over as well. Um, you know, again, there's not a whole lot of healthy pass-catching options there in, uh, in New York, and they keep finding a way to get it done, but I think it's going to have to come through uh, Saquon this week if they're going to get a win. So Yeah, yeah Saquon's definitely, Saquon definitely should be having a uh, very, very good week. But then again, we also said that, you know, with the Chargers and everything, and I do believe most of them had a very, very good week. Uh, so let's go. I, I think Eckler was fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go with another wideout. I've already talked about him today. Um, so I'm going to, you know, throw him out there now. Uh, Debo. Um, so I'm going back through this as, as, I, as I was looking back through his stats here. And his projection is 14.25. This week in PPR leagues, um, which he has only gone over 14 points twice this year. Um, They play the Los Angeles Rams, so probably seeing Jalen Ramsey. I know Ramsey doesn't, you know, scare a whole lot of people like he used to. Um, He's still a very, you know, very good corner. Um, What what do you what do you take of the uh, what did I say? 14.25 points there for uh, Debo. What do you think about that one? Well, I, you know, if he's only done it twice, well, I know one of them was against Jalen Ramsey and the Rams, what, three, four weeks ago? 
Um, so it's it's definitely something I could see happening again. Um, you know, D- Debo's just he's that he's that talented. Uh, you know, the Rams' run defense is very good, so I could see CMC might be taken out of the equation somewhat early and have to lean on you know Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel, and of course CMC coming out of the backfield. Um, but I, I think with fourteen and against the Rams, that's probably right about where I'd have Debo. Um, but just for the sake of it, just because I think um, this may be like your last really full week where you can, you know, see Debo do something before that CMC really starts taking into his value. I'm going to say over on Debo, but I don't think it's by a lot. I, uh, I too, am actually going to say over. Um, I think uh, – or no, I'm sorry. I'm saying under. Rams coming off a bye. They were coming off, you know, a rough, rough, uh, rough outing. Um their last outing before the bye. I think the Rams come out, and they come out on fire this week. And I think you see Ramsey come out with some fire, and I think you see him hold Debo down. I th- I'm, I'm putting Debo around the 10-point range this week. Um, I think um, if, they, if they're going to beat the Rams, which I don't think they are, I think the Rams take it. I think if, if they beat the Rams, uh, they're going to have to do it on the back of CMC this week. I think that might be the only guy, or even Ayuk. But uh, I think Debo is going to get the lockdown this week with Jalen Ramsey. I'm taking the under. Okay. Um, I've got another running back before I move into the wide receivers here, and this is one that you and I have been preaching up pretty hard the last couple of weeks. Um, This is uh, also part of the London game that you mentioned earlier. Uh, This is Travis Etienne uh, versus the uh, Denver Broncos in London. Uh, 15.45 points and half point PPR. Uh, Denver, let's see, so 15, it was 15 and a half, you said? 15.45. Okay. I think that number's probably almost dead on. I'm actually going to say just a little bit under. Um, he, um, I mean, he, he had five targets last week, but he only had one reception, um, so, I mean, that his projection to me really depends on if he actually catches some of the passes. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually going to take just a little bit under on that, uh, but not my much. But uh, I just don't think he quite gets there. I think, uh, I think it's a possibility of a slow start for Jacksonville, so I'm going to take the under. I'm taking the under as well. Even though I did just mention him as part of the weapons that uh, Trevor Lawrence has, I'm thinking that there's a good chance that uh, Etienne may have three or four catches, but I think his work on the ground is actually going to be slow this week. Um, You know, Denver's defense has been pretty good against the pass, uh, but they do still have guys like Bradley Chubb on that defense who are who are going to you know make an impact in this game. Um, So I I think I'm taking him under 15. Um, The one the one. swaying factor I, I could say is that if he fall, finds the end zone this could be something that he, he gets real close to but without finding the end zone I think he's going to be closer to the 12 point mark okay alright um, let's go to wide receiver Terry McLaurin um, playing Indianapolis this week with his projection at 12.58 um, where do you have him slated as what do you think 12.58 against Indy um, I think it's going to be hard for him to get that. Um, Indy, Indy's defense has slowly started to turn it back on here the last few weeks, um, getting better, getting some takeaways, getting some pressure. Um, I, I and you know it's it's not saying that I think Taylor Henneke's a, a downgrade um, from um, uh, Carson Wentz because I don't certainly. 
couldn't say that with a straight face. Uh, but I do think um, that, you know, Jahan Dotson, uh, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, um, Curtis Samuel, those guys are going to cut into that work a little bit. Uh, and I'm just not sure how much work there's going to be to begin with, um, because I could very well see with Sam Ellinger starting for the Colts, this being a huge Jonathan Taylor slash Naeem Hines slash Deion Jackson game, um, where it's, you know, ball control offense, keep it out of Washington's hands, don't let them go put points on the board against us. Um, so because of that, I just think this is a game that's going to go under. I think you're going to see a lot of Brian Robinson, a lot of Jonathan Taylor this week in that matchup. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the under. I think with, with with Heineke and Ellinger starting, I expect this game to be a run first, milk the clock, who can keep the ball away from who longer. Um, I think this game is going to be a game of keep away, and this game could possibly be the first one to 10 points wins. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking the under in uh, – in that, in uh, in uh, the Terry McLaurin points, also Indy, like you said, has been getting slowly but surely better. They are giving up the least amount of fantasy points to all wideouts this season in fantasy. Well, you know, another key factor in this too is if uh, Sam Ellinger comes out and throws like four picks in this game, Frank Wright's going to look like an absolute bonehead uh, for benching Matt Ryan in favor of him. So I think he's probably going to try to protect his quarterback a yes. little bit this week, which is another reason why I think it's going to be so much on the ground. Oh, yeah. Um, so my one and only wideout I have this week is a guy that, again, you and I have talked up pretty highly uh, over the course of the season at different points. Um, but it's Brandon Cooks versus the Tennessee Titans Ooh. projected at 11.5 points. 11.5 points. I know the Titans have been slowly decent on, on the defensive side of the ball. 11.5 points. Um, I know Nico Collins is a little banged up. So I don't know if he plays 11 and a half points going against Tennessee. I know Tennessee's going to run all over them. Um, I'm going to take the over in it. I'm going to take the over because I think Derrick Henry puts that team, puts Tennessee on his back and puts them up to a big lead early, and they're going to have to throw the ball just to keep up with the big old Derrick Henry. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think Houston keeps up with anybody by passing. I think they're fine, slowly starting to find their identities as a running team as well. Um, they're definitely feeding Damian Pierce the ball like they have a bell cow. Um, so I think you're going to see. A, you know, <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the season, I'm not sure I would have been appetized by this, but a Derrick Henry versus Damian Pierce game here, uh, and I, I, I genuinely think you'll see some. Uh, passes completed uh, obviously in this game it won't just be all runs because neither of these teams are the Atlanta Falcons um, but I think uh, with the emergence of Nico Collins as of late um, I, I, I just don't know if I expect to see you know I, I, I think without Brandon Cooks finding the end zone he'd have to have six plus uh, receptions to get close to this because he's just not burning anybody up anymore. I know this is another name of a guy that you know is heavily uh, talked about in the trade market right now. Green Bay's sniffing around. There's a couple other teams sniffing around him. You know, so maybe Houston doesn't even play him that much just to keep his his uh, numbers down, keep him from getting hurt too bad. But prior to a trade, you know that may that be, that's something we've seen in the past couple of weeks uh, with guys like James Robinson's usage going down, some other guys, and then they end up traded. So I think he goes under. Um, is 11.53, but if I had to pick one of them that I've done this week that I think's right on, this is the closest one that I think's really, really close, but I'm going to say he just goes under it. All right, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move into the sexiest position in fantasy football right now. Everybody's Offensive favorite. Lineman. I didn't say the sexiest people. I mean, um... Oh, <laughs> oh well... <laughs> 
we're gonna move into the tight end position. We're gonna talk about one of your uh, your uh, old favorites. Don't know how you feel about him anymore, Mr. Mike Gasecki, over at uh, point or uh, seven point three one uh, PPR points, half point PPR points. What do you think of seven point three one? Why did I Miami traveling to? Sorry about this. Apparently, I didn't forgot to write. You said there. you said seven seven point one three. Seven point three one. Seven three one. Yeah. Uh, and, traveling and to Detroit. Or traveling to Detroit. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Detroit's defense. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, you the you and I could probably go and and put some positive fantasy numbers up against the Detroit Lions uh, defense at this point. So I'm going to take the seven point three one on Jacecki and say he goes over. Um, Detroit's not done a good job of slowing down much this year. Um, you know, at one point they could at least keep up with people offensively. They're not done that either um, recently. So I, I'm going to go over on Mike Jacecki. Um, I don't think it's by a lot, obviously, when you're the fourth string in your off or fourth fiddle in your offense between or behind Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddle, and Raheem Mostert. There's probably not a whole lot of scraps out there, um, but I could see him going over seven pretty comfortably. I mean, I think you see double digits out of him this week. Well, apparently, uh, the sleeper app and half point PPR also thinks that already because they've already changed their projection from when I took these notes earlier today. They went up a point. He's at eight point three one now. Um, but um, yeah, I think he's going up against uh, Detroit. Um, not even talking about their defense. Jacecki has seen seven targets the last two weeks. Um, so I, I I think he easily goes over this one. I think, like you said, double digits. Um, but and then you add in the the fact that uh, Detroit is the uh, fifth worst at defending tight ends um, in fantasy football and giving up points. So yeah, I think Mike Jacecki goes well over that today. Or Sunday, sorry. Absolutely. I, I, I just think it's the, the, if the matchup was a little bit better defensively, I might say no. But um, I, my tight end that I have for you is, is um, going up against um, one of the best defenses in fantasy or in football, period. Uh, and they don't give up a whole lot of points to any position. Um, that's Pat Fryermuth at 9.36 traveling to Philly. Traveling to Philly, they just added another defensive rusher. Robert. Uh, Robert Quinn. Quinn, yeah. Um, nine points. I'm taking the over, and here's why. I think you possibly see Claypool sit out this game with his name being rumored in the trade mill. So I think Firemuth is going to see some more um, targets. Um, I, I'm taking the over of the nine points this week, and that's really it. That's really the only reason I think Claypool sits down. Um, I know, you know, some people are not going to want to hear that, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to lean the over with, with old Patty. I, I'm also taking the over here just simply because, um, this is a rookie quarterback and, and, uh, Kenny Pickett, who's not been, you know, great at this point. He's had some turnover issues. Um, and, and what better way to build some confidence than, you know, getting some passes completed to your tight end there. Uh, especially against a defense like this, you're going to struggle to move the ball against him, I think. Um, so if you can if you can use Pat Fryermuth uh, and pick up some first downs uh, and really start building up that young quarterback's uh, mentality and his confidence for the rest of the game, I think you do that. So I think Mike Tomlin's going to scheme for some Pat Fryermuth this week. So why shouldn't I? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, that's all I got for projections. You got any more written down? Nope. I'm excited to move into these uh, future rookies. Oh, we're moving into the rookies. All right. All right. So I'm going to jump into one of my favorite colleges to look at running backs. Um, I'm pretty sure the last, what, two years since we've been in our dynasty league i've you know looked into this looked into this college for a few running backs and i think i may have said his name last year too um and that's uh zach charbonnet out of the un out of ucla um he was uh supposed to come out last year he was actually um top five i think last year in the class we know it wasn't the greatest of classes um and he said he wanted to go back to school so he could work on his um pass protection and, and his and uh his pass receiving or yeah his receiving work um this year he's seen 100 i'm sorry six foot one 220 pounds so big guy big back um he's seen 107 touches for 766 yards seven touchdowns 7.2 yards per rush average now like i said he went back in to uh ucla to work on his pass catching he's seen only seen 10 receptions this year so i don't know if it actually helped him out a whole lot um he is with like i said he's in he's with the six and one ucla uh bruins um he's a guy just keep an eye on uh, like i said he's a big back he could end up you know filling into a workhorse role um i did read uh, a little later on as i was doing some research his pass protection has not improved a whole lot so this is a guy that you may have to sit on and wait but this is the guy i'm definitely keeping my eye on especially with his size yeah, the guy I've got at the running back position this week is a guy that plays his college ball right up the road from us here in uh, in Illinois. This is uh, Chase Brown, the five foot eleven, two hundred and five pound junior out of the University of Illinois, currently leading um, the nation in rushing uh, this season. He's got one hundred ninety two rushes for a thousand fifty nine yards, four touchdowns, along with fifteen receptions for one hundred and seven yards and two touchdowns. Um, this is uh, a large part of why Illinois has been so successful this year, along with their defense. And this is a team out of the Big Ten um, that's been uh, wildly successful this year, more so than they have been in, in much recent years. And I think it'd be a lie to not tip your hat to Chase Brown as a reason for that. Over the course of his career, he's had 540 carries for 2,974 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, and then he does have two career touchdowns through the air, and those will both come through through this year. But he's got 46 total receptions for 388 yards. So definitely a guy that can could, could potentially be a three-down back in the NFL if he decides to declare this year, which I think he'd be silly not to, um, being the nation's leading rusher at this point in the season. I think uh, he'll be getting some encouraging words to go ahead and come on out from a lot of folks. So definitely one that I'm going to keep my eye on for draft season. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, been fun to watch, too, uh, every chance I get to turn an Illinois game on. Um, that team's been very fun to watch. Uh, let's jump into this. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a perfect segue to, to Thursday night. You talk about games that have been fun to watch, and then we talk about Thursday night football. Uh, it's not been much fun to watch. Last week was probably the best one we've had all season. So Yeah, um, I, I still think after we talk about this one and we watch this one, I still think last week seven still is going to be the better one. Um, as we go watch the uh, Baltimore Ravens play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. I know, I know. The team names sound like this is going to be an amazing game. I don't think it's going to be. I think Baltimore is going to come out. I think Baltimore is going to put in the work. And I think Baltimore is going to go home and not give up a fourth quarter lead. And I don't know what is going on in Tampa Bay 
Um, but I don't think a short week is going to do them any good. Um, the one thing I will say to keep an eye on is keep an eye on the Fournette uh, White splits this week because um, it may be a little deceiving due to the fact that it is a short week. Young legs versus the older gentleman in the backfield, very you know knowledgeable coaching staff. You may see more White this week than you have all, all season. But I don't know if it's going to be a complete, you know, judgment call of that's how the rest of the season is going to be going forward. Yeah, Brent, my thing that I'm looking forward to this weekend is, um, thankfully I don't own much of them, but uh, uh, is seeing if Tom Brady can right the ship this year, get it, get it turned back around, get some of these uh, Tampa Bay pass-catching weapons back involved. I know Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you know, those are guys that people target early and often in drafts. And, uh, you know, this is if, – if this ship doesn't get righted this week, I think you're going to start to see a lot of people start pressing the panic button and, and fire sailing and, and unloading, you know, guys like Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans. And, um, you know, it, it, it's definitely something I'm going to want to wait and see. I know Baltimore's got a very good defense. Um, you know, it seems in the past they've been, you know, burned in the fourth quarter a little bit, but these guys are starting to get that conditioning where it needs to be over the course of the season. I, I don't see that happening either. But, you know, if we get another bad week out of Tom Brady – I don't want to be the guy to say it on air that, you know, Tom Brady's done because, you know, two weeks from now when they're, you know, winning games 45 to whatever and 50 to whatever, um, and it's like, yeah, okay, I guess I was a little early and premature on that one. But uh, definitely not been good out of Tom Brady this year. So uh, definitely uh, interested to see if it gets back on track. As always, don't don't flex these Thursday night guys. Put them in, in your wide receiver and running back spots so they don't burn you later on during the week. But hopefully it's a good game, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards you. I don't know if it will be. Yeah, um, that that's cute. Two weeks, Tom Brady hanging 50 points. Huh, who do they play in two weeks? Oh, that's right, my Seahawks in Germany. I would not be surprised to see him lay, lay 50 points against our secondary. Um, another thing that I'm going to keep my eye on this week is the Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake Kenyon Drake thing there in uh, Baltimore. Um, I think you might see a little more Kenyon Drake due to the fact that it is a short week and, you know, Edwards is coming off an injury. Uh, so that's another one that I'm interested in keeping an eye on. Um, so, yeah, definitely both running back committees are the things that I'm, uh, I'll, be, I'll be watching this week. Um, we all know Lamar Jackson can't throw. I guess I really want to see if Bateman can play. Um, but other than that, I'm not looking forward really to watch this game too much. You know what I am looking forward to, Brant, being with all these lovely people on Sunday morning uh, at 9, uh, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time yes. uh, to do your start sits and help people, you know, get ready for their for their Sunday games. They'll obviously will have the football game on in the background exclusively to ESPN Plus this weekend. So keep that in mind. And as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends. <laughs>